Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. So, hi. Hi. What are we doing today? See, what you've got... Doing? So, normally, we both... <laughs> when we do this podcast thing, we know both normally have these little show notes. Right. And uh, I don't have any show notes this you time. You didn't want me to print you out show notes this time, so I guess I get to lead. Well, what are we doing today? So, we are going to be talking about the secret so that we keep alluding to. So. And we're actually going to reveal it this time. Yes, we're going okay. to reveal it. We're all going right. to reveal it and all of that good stuff. We are also, we have a question of the day from Sunny in California. Cool. And we are going to talk about uniform play. Had a really great interview with Deuce mm-hmm. from um, Virginia right. on uniform play. And I tell you, one of the things that, that I got out of that interview was I had some hang-ups about some of the military Mm-hmm. aspects, especially some of the more, um, oh, I don't know, Nazi stuff. <laughs> right. And uh, he had a really neat way of explaining or of thinking about it. He did. So we'll get there in just a moment. We will get there in just a moment. So, But you know what? It just struck me, and I didn't add this to the notes. So, but <laughs> I but, wouldn't know. I don't have a problem. <laughs> so, but we went costume shopping the other day. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about that and why we did that So, in a few minutes. But uh, while we were costume shopping, <laughs> do you remember what I found? <laughs> no. The Charlie Brown face oh, and the yeah, Lucy yeah, 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 yeah. face. That would have been so cool. Some of you guys know that we did a, a skit when we ran. Um, we weren't judged on it or anything, but when we ran for title for GLLA, we did a skit just for fun. And it was uh, Charlie Brown getting his revenge on Lucy. Yes. But uh, it would have been nice to have those faces, too, I think. But I think it went really well yes. <laughs> without them. It did go well without But it would have been... But you know what? Um... You found a Lucy dress in a secondhand store. I did. And uh, Slave Jem did a wonderful job of creating a Charlie Brown mm-hmm. shirt for me. So I th- we actually pulled that up pretty well. We did. Except we did. for I didn't even try for a bald head No, thing. no. You just pulled your hair back. But it yeah. works. It works. <laughs> that reminds me of the costumes that we saw. And if, if, if you're a Star Wars fan, you might want to check this out. It's out there on YouTube. It's called Star Wars Uncut. <gasps> It is a uh, fan-generated but uh, Lucasfilm-sanctioned version of the movie Star Wars. Uh, obviously, this is not a geek podcast about Star Wars, so we won't go into it too much. No, but the costuming. We'll be talking about uniforms and stuff That's and why true. we're talking about uniforms. So the costuming on there. So, some of this uncut version, it's like, what? They're using duct tape. And yes. others were like, oh, my God, they did that with boxes? How yeah. cool. <laughs> so if you are a fan of the Star Wars, and there is actually a little S&M and uh, BDSM in the Star Wars Uncut. <laughs> Granted, involved with the droids, so we'll just leave it oh, at that. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that was cool. That was cool. 
Um, so what is this? so? Where are we going from here? What's next? Where are we going from here? Well, actually, we are going places from here. So um, we were supposed to be in Canton. So what was that last week oh, or the yeah, week yeah, before? Yeah. Yes. But we got snowed out. Yes. So they got a lot of snake of snake effect, lake effect <laughs> <of> snow. <laughs> so and caught us just as we were leaving town. So that got canceled. We, uh-huh. We're going to be rescheduling that for them. So, and then, but things that are coming up. So let's talk about why we were at the costume store yep. because we have winter wickedness coming up just this a couple, weekend. Just a couple of days from now, winter wickedness. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, an event here in Columbus, Ohio, about three hundred or so of your closest kinky friends get together <laughs> for classes and beating each other. Yes. And we're not actually working the event this time. This we, we, is. Yeah. Normally we do the Scarlet Sanctuary. We, or the oh, Wedding although, Chapel. Or... Uh, my understanding is that uh, BSing with Barak and Sheba will be doing a podcast from the event. Nice. Which means that I will be working a little bit a on little that. A little bit, yeah. We've done a live broadcast there at the yes. event before. Yes. So... That didn't go very well, by the way. No. For the two or three people that tuned in. I'm sure well, they agree. We had fun. We did have fun. <laughs> and we're actually doing a little skit on Saturday night as well. Sweet. So there's a reason for that too. But otherwise, this is the first time that we get like two days of free play at yeah. a almost instantly sold out event. So it, it is fantastic that we get to travel around the nation doing presentations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But this will be our opportunity to go to a, an event and not do presentations and stuff yeah, or anything but else. I'm probably going to feel a little lost. <laughs> I'm used to doing something. So I may be volunteering to <laughs> carry something or, we or some do. such. Yes. But so. the, the theme of Winter Wickedness is, at least Friday night, they always do some kind of a theme. Mm-hmm. And the theme this time around is, is uh, supporting, or it's actually wear your military uniform. Right. Or uh, your Fox military uniform to support the, uh, support the troops sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, so we ended up in a costume shop because we're not in the military. Exactly. <laughs> and I was so excited. So, oh my God, we, we, we may, maybe this isn't as cute as I think it is, but I'm thinking it's really cute. So it's like, I want to post a picture mm-hmm. if we can, because I found I'm not used to finding my size or something that's cute in like a, a generic costume store, mm-hmm. you know, mainstream costume store. And I went in there and tried on a couple of things and fell in love with one of the costumes. I'm not usually a costume person, you know, I wear my leather. So, and, uh, but this is cute. So we have to post pictures. It is very cute. It's, uh, well, we'll just post pictures instead of trying yeah, to describe it. I thought yeah. it came out very nice though. It is. All I can say is flouncy skirt. Flouncy. And I think flouncy is a real word. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> But it was neat to see you come out wearing it, going and the sparkle in your eye, uh-huh. and you didn't even try the other ones that you brought uh-uh. over there. You said, nope, this is it. I love it. And you've tried it on since you've gotten... 10 minutes later, after you got home, you tried it on. Yes. And I still it, like it. Yes. Good. So, yes, good. So, I'll probably be wearing it to a few different events. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, say, so, hey, I think we have a question of the day, don't we? We do. I wouldn't know. I don't have notes. <laughs> I don't know. Nor do I know what you this question... You keep saying that. <laughs> nor do I know what the question of the day is going to be. And that's true. So, that's spring true. it on me. So, I'm kind of curious as to what you're going to say anyway, So, because I already know what I'm going to say. So, the question of the day comes from Sunny in California. Mm-hmm. So, she won one of our t-shirts one time she during did. one of our contests. And her question is, is there anything a single slave should do to best prepare for their future owner? It's a good question. It is. 
crickets. <laughs> well, it's there's two different ways to look at it. On one perspective, there's such a thing as if someone came to me as a slave or submissive mm-hmm. and I wanted to make them mine, them being prepared may not be a good thing. Right. For example, you know, if you went to someone, someone came in <laughs> who had a master for the previous five years or they had a mistress or whatever, mm-hmm. then you think, oh, well, gee, they're already trained for you. Well, no, they're not trained for you. They are trained for that other person. Right. Um, and the thing that the other person cherishes and values may not be the things that I cherish and value. Mm-hmm. For example, one that we often talk about is the uh, eyes down cast. Right. You know, in some um, power exchange relationships, you know, the, the person in the submissive role should keep their eyes down cast. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Right. You know, I want the opposite. I want you paying attention, awareness, looking around, seeing what needs to be done and anticipating my needs. Not staring or something like that, but right. yeah, just being aware. Sure. So, um, you know, there, there's the caution of you don't want to over-prepare. You don't want to mm-hmm. go putting yourself through Miss Abernathy's uh, slave training manual on your own and then finding out that you're prospective owner mm-hmm. wants things done the direct opposite of the way you've just trained yourself. Right. Now, the uh, but there are things you can do, and there are things that I think that will reflect well on you. Anything that teaches grace or courtesy mm-hmm. is going to be, or, you know, just simply good manners is going to be well-received, going to be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine, in fact, if your owner doesn't value those things, then um, find a new owner. I mean, mm-hmm. there's... <laughs> rants off. Um, <laughs> but I think even more important is the ability to, you know, spend that time looking in the mirror mm-hmm. and doing some self-evaluation and, you know, start off with, okay, let's pretend that this prospective owner is right around the corner and I'm going to go meet with them. Right. So, and they said, bring me a list of your needs and your wants. hmm and it's really powerful to pre- create this list before they get there, before you even have a perspective power exchange relationship. Make those lists of needs and wants and use it in such a way that you're doing it for yourself and reflect for yourself what it is, you know, that you're really looking for, right? right. If all you're looking for is somebody who will accept your service, um, and, you know, the hell with it if they have no job or you're not worried about it if they don't have a place to live or, you know, uh, then I don't really think you're really ready to find somebody. You know, give yourself some opportunity to understand what it is that you really want. Do you want to be cherished or do you want to be treat, you know, kept in a cage? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a partner as well as a submissive or do you want to be owned in such a way that you know you don't you don't have to work that you're not expected to work that you're going to mm-hmm. live sitting around naked there's some weird thread on the fet life about um somebody posted and whether you know say hey you know what uh, am i expected to be naked all the time with my legs slightly spread open you know and there's a bunch of people that responded yes that's exactly what i expect from my slave i expect them to be naked all the time and you know that's my preference and oh yeah it's all the time they'd be sitting around naked And I responded by saying, well, you know, that's really interesting, but I live in reality land. 
You know, specifically, I live in Ohio, and I specifically know, I mean, not just know, but, you know, interact with, deal mm-hmm. with on a constant basis, see, touch, feel about a dozen power exchange couples. Right. In a damn one of them, in a submissive role, sitting around naked all the time, waiting for master or mistress's pleasure. Most of them have lives. You know, most now you may, it may be your preference when you're at home and there's nothing going on and you're just chilling for your slave right. to lay around naked. That's fine. But the idea that you're going to be naked 24 7. Um, I got too many things to do. <laughs> there, there may be situations, you know, I'm not saying there's not situations right. out there that are like that. Uh-huh. There probably are. Just so happens, though, I know about a dozen power exchange people intimately. Mm-hmm. None of them are in that situation. Right. You and I travel around the nation. We talk about MS classes around the nation. Mm-hmm. Very rare do we run into the kept slave. Right. Now, granted, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. and they are out there, but it's not the average. Why right. did, am I on this rant? Where did all this come from? Know what you want and need. Know what you want yes. and need. So if what you want is, you know what, my goal is to find a situation where my master or mistress makes enough money that I never have to think about working, mm-hmm. or I want something that's so close to the marketplace that it's indistinguishable, where I can <laughs> be bought and sold, or... I want to pursue my college career, or I want mm-hmm. to be able to raise my children without some master getting in, the, in my face about it. Right. Doesn't None of that's right or wrong. None of that's good or bad. None of that's real DS or fake DS, right? <laughs> it's all legitimate. Mm-hmm. But you have to go in there armed with what you know, because once that person you meet starts making your loins wet, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> then your logical parts of your brain may not be so, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, be a little more... You know, maybe the whole fact that they're, um, that I saw their poster in the post office earlier is not such a big deal after <laughs> all, right? Uh, you know, so that would be my answer. So, awesome. Know what you need, know what you want. What mm-hmm. do you got to say about it? What do lady? I got? Well, my thinking is, is that like you were saying, you can't really train a lot on the specifics. I mean, you could, but it may or may not benefit you in a... Um, future relationship so Mm -hmm. um i couldn't imagine you sending me off to be trained by someone else because then you'd have to untrain me when i got back not just train me your way but untrain me if they train me in a way that you didn't like Mm -hmm. so um so the the generic things that i can think of one is really really beneficial whether you are in a relationship or not and that's learning mindfulness Oh. So, yeah, if, if you could start a mindfulness practice, and I always recommend mindful meditation. So, and you'll hear me talk about this a lot because I really, really, really have seen a benefit in my life with mindful meditation. I'm able to focus. I don't have stories as much going around in my head. You know, I'm not concentrating on the past. I'm not concentrating too far in the future. You know, I'm working on goals, but I'm not really stressing about the future, you know, The focus, when I'm mindful, I know when your glass is empty. When I'm mindful, I know when things need to be done. And I just see that as a a fabulous, generic thing that you can do for yourself and for your future relationship. Um, The other thing that I would recommend, and Dan said know your needs and wants, but I also highly recommend creating a slave resume. Because sometimes... Well, that's a new one to me. What is a slave so, resume? Um, I got this from 
oh, it was a slave retreat, that I, a servant's retreat that I went to. Mm-hmm. And she recommended um, doing a slave resume. And this is because sometimes slaves, because we don't have a lot of role models, sometimes we can question why we're doing this or why somebody would want the responsibility of taking on a slave. So if you do a slave resume, you're actually listing what you bring to the table. What do you have to offer a power exchange relationship as a slave? And it could be simple stuff. It could be, oh, I'm a good cook. Oop, I'm great at laundry. Hmm. Oop, I love to drive. You know, I'm great at organizing. I'm great at this. I have a degree in this. I have certification in that. I'm, I like to do massage. I like to, you know, just any of that stuff. And the more stuff that you can come up with, the more, um, confident you feel when you offer yourself to your next master or mistress. So it makes you feel like a valuable person. Oh, I really like that idea. Yeah. I would love to say if somebody would say, oh, I want to be in your service to send them the slave resume template. Yes. And say, go fill this out. And, you know. I'll create one for you. Good. So. You're jumping the gun. You're being, what's that? Uh, that we normally like slaves when they are anticipatory service? Yeah. Well, you've jumped the gun. I was going to tell you to go do that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, no command for you, young lady. I'm sorry, but that was anticipatory. That was anticipatory. <laughs> but moments. I love that. I love that idea. And I know we're 12 years into our relationship, and um, I still think it would be a good idea sometimes because, you know, even this far into it, I was talking to somebody I was mentoring the other day, and um, I was like, you know, even this long into it, sometimes I wonder why you take on that pressure and, and stuff of, of the responsibility of having a slave, you know, what is it that I have to offer? Oh yeah, that's right. I have this, this, right. and this, you know, and you know, and I kind of sit up a little straighter and I'm like, you know what? I have a lot to offer and, and it's just, it just really helps. What is the opposite of a, so one person has a resume, what are they, they it's a, it's a, a job requirements, is that what it's called? Job description. Job description. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to write a master's job description. So for slaves having a slave resume, I'm going to have a job description. Here's what I want out of a slave. That would be neat because I know we've kind of tried to describe before what we're looking for in like different positions. Um, oh, we've done a very positions. good job of, I think, yeah. actually. Yeah. I would guess right now, if you go out to the co- our Color Me profile, that it currently says... Uh, hey, here's exactly what it is that we're looking for in a slave. More than likely. I'm not sure if it's still on my FET one, like down at the bottom of my profile or not. Um, I think that was an old one. But yeah, I think our Collar Me one does. But I don't remember what our Collar Me name is. (laughs) Are you looking that up? Yes, our Collar Me name (laughs) is... So CollarMe.com, for people that don't know, is a, uh, uh, a horrible website for... It's a great website if you want to um, perv people, but <laughs> apparently it's a really bad website if you actually want to hook up with somebody. We do know some people that are successful, but most of the um, uh, people, the female submissives out there, <laughs> start off with these big, long, you know, here's what I don't want because they right. keep getting because they keep getting spam things that they and, don't want, yeah. right? Um, so we have an account out there, and the, the point of that being it's called Dan and Dawn is our account name, and uh, we are pretty who we are and what we're looking for. So, awesome. You well, there you go. Ooh, it's got a nice again. picture of us, too. 
Yeah. So, and it, well, and it's kind of funny because really we should probably have a couple of job descriptions because I think we're looking for a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one person may not. So, you know, I think that there's there's points where you and I get into the power exchange aspect where we are much like a polyamorous couple looks at love. We're so full of love, we want to share mm-hmm. it with someone else, right? And you and right. I are very much engaged in a power exchange relationship where if somebody dominant or submissive came rolling up to our door and said, man, I just want to sit here for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and see what I can pick up. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'd totally open our door for that. Absolutely. It'd be awesome. All right. So there's the question of the day. And I like it when you spring them on me like that, by the way. That, that yeah. worked out well. Those uh, usually work out well when you spring them on me, too. I'm usually a little more nervous with them than you are. <laughs> speaking of springing things. Um, yes. So we've been um, suggesting that there's some kind of big thing coming up for a couple of months now. And we've always got things around the corner coming up. But this is kind of a big, big one. It is. I think we've been planning for six months at this point. At least. If Thinking not, about more, it longer. Actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little more. Thinking about it for a lot longer than that, but actually planning it for a little more than six months. So... Um, do you want to share with our audience, now that we're officially announcing what it is, do you want to share what it is? I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of scary, but it's so exciting. So, yes, I will share. So, all right. So, this is, is this the official announcement then, yes. I guess? Dun, so, dun, 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 dun. Awesome. Awesome. So, in June, the first weekend of June, one, two, and three of this year, 2012, mm-hmm. we are putting together, oh, well, it's already put together. We are, what's the word? It's not hosting. We are presenting presenting a new event called the Power Exchange Summit. So, and this is like for all things power exchange. I mean, I know you and I are master and slave, Mm -hmm. but it's not just master and slave. It's dom sub. It's, it's a daddy girl, daddy boy. Mistress servant, leather MS, Victorian, Gorian. Taken in hand, domestic discipline, you name mm-hmm. it. So what you and I, what we wanted to create was, now there's a, there's a lot of BDSM events. Yes. If your goal is to go learn BDSM skills mm-hmm. and uh, classes based on BDSM, as well as some power exchange and some communication, but really focused on the play aspect of the lifestyle. Right. There's tons of those out there. Matter of fact, if you're in the United States... We can, and you say, well, the nearest big city is this. We can tell you, well, you should go to this event. It's a nice one. It's right around the corner from you. Right. And pretty much one, God, almost every weekend at this point. And there's some big ones that are doubling up on weekends. So, yeah. I have a sidebar for you, by the way. Yes. I counted earlier. We have, we have had to turn down five events this year. This year already? Yes. Oh, my God. So that's how busy the event season is around here. Yes. So what you and I said, well, you know what? That's wonderful, and it's great. But, so there's no purpose in having another, power, another BDSM event. Mm-hmm. But what there is not is a lot of power exchange events. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, there's one or two power exchange events that we're aware of, but they're very focused. There's one in California that's focused, for example, on male... Het, mm-hmm. female, slave, leather. Right. Uh, and what we were thinking is, well, that's nice, mm-hmm. but well, we I'd wanted something. <laughs> yeah, but we wanted something that was open to any form of power exchange and right. focused on power exchange. Yes. And thus, we created the Power Exchange Summit. 
The very first instance of the Power Exchange Summit is happening on June 1, 2, and 3 here in central Ohio, in Columbus, Ohio, as a matter of fact. And uh, the, one of the nice things about you and I presenting around the nation all the time mm-hmm. is we get to check out all the other presenters. Yes. And a lot of times we've gone and we said, you know what, if we ever had an event, I would love to have this person come yes. in. Sometimes they're big people that, you know, every, you know, that are, are very familiar to the scene, mm-hmm. like Obsidian and Namaste, who are the international master-slave couple 2011, a couple years ago, yeah. 11, 10, mm-hmm. 10, a couple years ago. Um but, you know, and some people are a little less, you know, not as well known that we've come across. And, Whoa, this person's fantastic. Yeah. Um, some we've picked out, hand-picked out specifically because of the workshops they give. Mm-hmm. So to, to fill, you know, one of the certain dynamics. And um, But it's kind of funny because with the presenters that, that we've picked, I mean, can, can I say the one that I... Really, really sure, like absolutely. So, Lakshimi and Sweet Limey. Mm-hmm. So love, love them. And it's, it's kind of neat because they've been around the circuit for a, a long time. They've been around since you and I have been around. And um, it's funny because if I, if, uh, with our uh, staff group, you know, we've got some that have been in that we met when we first got in. So they've been around 12 years and we've got some that are brand new and it's, I'll mention who the presenters are. And I say like goddess Lakshimi and it's like the old timers are like, woohoo, yay. And then I'll mention some of the newer ones and everybody's like, oh, great. Yay. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of neat. So we really tried to, to, to get some that, that have been around for a while, some that are new. We've seen all of these people present. So we know that they're, they're high quality and they've got great stuff on power exchange relationships. So we've got um, Dr. Bob Rupel mm-hmm. and oh, who else? Lady Elsa and boy Chris. So we'll be going on about this event for a little while yes. as the podcast goes on. I'm so excited. I just want to tell everybody everything about it. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, so we're just... Head over to PowerExchangeSummit.org. As O-Podcast listeners, this is the first initial announcement of this event. So, therefore, you are given the opportunity to buy the tickets a week before anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, now's the chance to get out there. There's a limited number of tickets we're going to sell. We want to keep it small enough to be somewhat intimate. Right. Um, and we want it to be affordable to everybody. And I tell you, some of these events out there um, are uh, maybe not as affordable as some of the other events. Right. Early bird pricing is well beyond half of what some of these events are charging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is, and I might be wrong, somebody might write me and say, no, 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 I found a three-day event that's cheaper. I don't think you will. I don't think you will, especially not one in a three-star hotel like we've got. I mean, that Starting anyway. Friday evening and going through till early Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Great um, vendors. We'll go on about it. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to be stuck hearing about it for a while because we're very excited about it. <laughs> and we're hoping to see a lot of uh, uh, podcast listeners out there. And that would be, you know, I mean, if you like, if you're enjoying hearing Dan and Dawn for an hour on the podcast. Right. You get stuck with us for three days. Who wants to that? So, and it's going to be great. I think so, too. So, that's that. So, um, oh, and it's sponsored by... It's sponsored by Adventures in Sexuality. So, if you know anything about the, the two events that they put on... Winter Wickedness and uh, Central Ohio Power Exchange. Mm-hmm. Is that what COPE stands for? Central no, Ohio, Central Ohio Perversion, Perversion Excursion. Excursion. Yes. Um, which is funny because <laughs> COPE used to be a completely different group. group. <laughs> anyway, uh, they normally, they sell out in about seven days. Right. So, um, and they're helping us put this together. They're doing, they're being very generous 
and very helpful in how to put together an event and put, make sure that things run smoothly and all that kind of stuff. It's great because we don't have a, um, a I was going to say a role model, whatever that is for an event. We don't have a role model to follow because we don't know of anybody else that's doing this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yay. So that's the, the big secret we've been alluding to. Um, head over to powerexchangesummit.org. Org, yes. And uh, like I said, if you want to, you you podcast listeners get a chance to buy tickets a week before anybody else. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Um, cool. What else you got before we get into our topic? Oh, what else do we have? Well, we do. Everybody loves me so much because they keep sending me tentacle sex pictures. <laughs> and the last one was so different, but I thought it was hot. Yeah, not so much, but... I thought it was hot. I will I will say it was different from what we it normally was get. So this is from Dirty Little Girl in mm-hmm. Australia. And what she sent me was... See, these have all been gals, girls with tentacles, right? The picture she sent me was a guy. So with a squid plastered to his front. And <laughs> yeah, you can just imagine what it was doing. <laughs> What was the squid doing with this fellow? I don't know, but I bet it had a lot of suction power. So <laughs> he was getting sucked. Now, I seem to recall those squids have little beaks, actually, not just... That's true. So maybe he was into a little more than just being sucked. <laughs> a little CBT. <laughs> could be. Could be. But um, it was really hot because the guy's like on his knees and leaning back on the beach and the, yeah, and the octopus is on the front of him. And you can, you can tell it's not real, but it's hot. <laughs> no, but it's really interesting though that, you know, when I would say that of the, I don't know, hundred things people have sent you tentacle related, mm-hmm. if there's been a person involved, it's always been a female. Always so this female. is the first male we've mm-hmm. had a tentacle sex picture of. Yes. And it was hot. I would put it on my wall. Well, we will... <laughs> Not put it on our wall uh, until you have your own little room. And, but, and so we will put a link on our uh, uh, FetLife group. Yes, we will. So, oh, that would be really cool if we had our own little dungeon room. I had like my own little tentacle sex room with the with the, all the sconces and mm-hmm. the port, the, the ship port holes. And, and yeah, picture this guy. <laughs> uh, we did get some other cute tentacle pictures, but the links were no good. So, um, yeah. S- HG, I will mm-hmm. code name you. I, I just sent uh, that person an email to ask them to resend those links. Sweet. So, and then we have some shout outs. So, um, and I do have permission to use names. I remember being given permission by this one couple a while back, and that is Sue and Andy of Canada. Yay! Some of our favorite stalkers. I've been wondering what happened to them, and she just wrote me out of the blue today. So, they'll be traveling through Columbus and. We get bringing to, some friends with them. Some and, friends um, and they're, they're like taking this huge long trip road from trip, yeah. somewhere way up in Canada to someplace way down south of the United States. Mm-hmm. I, I, are they going to like spend the night with us? I don't think so. I think they're just stopping for coffee. No, they should spend the night. So, we have a huge, we have a huge futon. We have spare. Oh, we got air mattresses and, and a cat for comfort. <laughs> I've met that cat. That's not a very comforting cat. Shh. Don't tell right. them. <laughs> so, yeah, we got plenty of floor space and air mattresses and stuff like that. So, if you guys are listening. That is your official invitation. Your official It'd be invitation. so funny, though. Because sometimes we listen, you know, we talk to people. They're like, oh, I took this long road trip. So, I downloaded, you know, 
10 episodes of the podcast right. for, to listen to along the way. And uh-huh. well, that's very nice. It'd be funny if they listened to this episode, like, when they're an hour from home. <laughs> and they're like, fuck, I was so tired. I'm going to use the place to sleep. Awesome. So, and then the other shout out goes to Gretchen. So Gretchen said, you can use my name. And uh, Gretchen's the one that wrote the story that we said we didn't know if we knew, if, if we had permission to yes. use her name. So I just wanted to say Gretchen, 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 because we're always talking about Gretchen and never saying Gretchen's name. So thank you, Gretchen. And you, uh, <laughs> I, my understanding is, uh, by the way, one of my favorite groups on FetLife is Ask Gretchen. Gretchen. Uh-huh. Uh, because anything goes there and, you know, every once in a while I'll pop up with, you know, there's there's the the you know poli- political questions, uh-huh. or you know, should this be happening? And I'll pop in with how much water should someone drink? And mm-hmm. um, you're not asking like Monty Python questions or something. No, those come in too <laughs> as well. So it, that's just a fun little group to be part of. Nice. Um, and and Gretchen actually said, now if I understand, Gretchen said that part two of your story was coming at some point. Yes, I'm waiting. Okay, good. <laughs> so yay. Cool. All right. So before we talk about the the interview, I guess they need to know how to contact us. I wonder if like the people that we interview, like Deuce is sitting there going like, all right, the episode that I'm on's out. He's like, God, these fuckers talk and talk and talk. <laughs> the, the title of the episode is Uniforms, and they're a fucking uniform thing yet. No, not yet. So, so if you would like to write us to complain about the <laughs> stalling or whatever until we get to the uh, uniform part, you could get a... You can reach us in a variety of ways. You can. You can write us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. You can follow us on the Twitter, and the account name on the Twitter is Dan and Dawn, all one word. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have been using the comment form. I'm, I'm really liking that. So seems seems to be a hit. So there's a comment form on our webpage at eroticawakening.com. So, and a plethora of other ways. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, we have a Facebook page, too. Yes, we do. Unloved. Aww. It's erotic awakening, all one word. What else do we have? Oh, oh, oh. And we still have the mailing list. We have, uh, I keep getting notices almost every day that people are subscribing to the mailing list. That is a neat little joy. When people head over to eroticawakening.com and they find that we have the little mailing list and they uh-huh. sign up. And we, you know, we only get about one person a day signing up. Right. But you get these little emails that say, oh, yippee, you got a, you got a new subscriber. Uh-huh. Ain't it nice to be loved? <laughs> I was like, that mail chip knows me so well. Indeed. So that's, that's what awesome. we got going on. Um, that's it. And that takes us into... Oh. No. No, wait, no. one more thing? <laughs> 34 minutes in and do some still. I'm sorry. Oh. No. I just looked at my notes because I do have notes. Yes. <laughs> what I did right before the uh, podcast was I looked up the weather in Edmonton because we have Lupercalia coming up and we were just out clothes shopping and I mm-hmm. wasn't sure whether to buy mm-hmm. winter clothes for Lupercalia or summer clothes for our cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Lupercalia, the weather, the the predicted temperature for a couple of weeks from now is 7 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, see, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> no, seriously. 7 that's degrees, cold. That's, that's very fucking cold. But I can conceptualize 7 degrees Fahrenheit. That's true. I can think about that and go, whoa, that's really fucking cold. Yeah, because he kept saying 30 below zero Celsius, and that was hard for me to conceptualize. I'm just thinking below zero. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I tell you, though, the only thing I'm stuck with, and maybe if any, we, we have any listeners that are airplane mechanics or pilots or something, 
I just say, well, can mechanical things like airplanes operate in seven degrees? They have to, you would think, but yeah. they have to because we're going to be on it. Yes. <laughs> I hope that. To. Well, see, I'm not worried about flying in <laughs> okay. because the plane's going to be warm. Right. Oh, because it's coming from, from Chicago, here. for yeah. example, yeah. right? So it'll probably be 30 degrees or something, <laughs> you know, that normal sort of winter temperature. Right. I just, I don't know. Obviously, this shit all works. I don't know what I'm worried about. But still, it just strikes me as when I try and start my car when it's seven degrees out, I go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just picture that with the airplane as well. I turn the key and it goes. Because they don't get to fly into a heated garage. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't don't know. know. Maybe there are heated garages up there. Maybe that's awesome. As long as I don't have to walk out onto the tamarack. Is that what it's called? tarmac thing tarmac sure, sure. yeah to climb up the stairs into a plane i'm good as long as we can do from airport to airport <laughs> to cab yes. to hotel For to hot good. tub uh, if we do have any podcast listeners going to Lupercalia, we are uh, i'm actually doing a little opening speech yes. at the masquerade party i think yes and i was going to tell my airplane story about the airplane engine that fell off on the plane we were on. we on, yeah. But I don't think I'll tell that story because <laughs> I'll scare myself. Well, that's more costuming we have to we have to come up with. Yes. Toga. Toga. So, awesome. All right. On okay. to the topic. I'm sorry. So, what do you know? <laughs> it's really, I, you know, one of the great things and one of the reasons we decided to do the podcast is you and I are very, we, we've been around the block for a little while and there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we do know. And if, if we had... When you know, we're, if we were to do a, a radio show for BDSM newbies, right? We could mm-hmm. do topic after topic after topic because we've been around the block for a while. There are some things that we are not familiar with, and you, right. I have never been into uniform play. I've never quite got I, it. No, and I, I, if I see somebody in a uniform, it usually catches my eye, like a dress uniform, sure. you know, like like uh, an officer or something, you know, just the way they're cut. I, I really like the style of the way they're cut. It makes makes somebody look very manly or very feminine or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So it draws the eye. But, Absolutely. Yeah. But, and you know the saying, nothing like a man in uniform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know that I've ever been interested in the play aspect of it. So the fetish of it. Right, right. So now for... For me, personally, it could be because I know I don't have a chance in hell of getting into most of the costumes. Right. (laughs) So it kind of scratches it off the board to begin with. Although you found one you like quite well. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm loving that outfit. Um, You feel sexy. Yeah. You know, and as somebody who, and, you know, I had a little bit of a dilemma looking for a uniform for this upcoming event. Mm -hmm. Um, I am an old Navy guy myself. You know, and and by the way, the United States Navy uniforms, <laughs> not the most handsome uniforms. Uh, the dress whites aren't too bad until you put on the Gilligan hat. Right. The um, and then the, the you know when you get into the chief uniforms, you look more, it more looks more like a Marine uniform than anything mm-hmm. else. So uh, the officer uniforms look pretty. They don't look too bad. Okay. But um, I don't know. You know, so just looking at the different uniforms. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really got me, and, and uh, I was talking to somebody earlier about, well, what if somebody shows up in a Nazi uniform, mm-hmm. you know, and that's going to squig some people out. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yes, it is. And the thing that popped into my head, so is dressing up as a clown. It's going to squig some people that's out. That's true. <laughs> 
and that's very true, right? Everybody brings their own baggage. Right. Now, a fellow that I work with, and this is not kink-related, but a fellow I work with, he was born in Germany, but he was raised in England until he was a young man, and then he moved to the United States right. where he joined the U.S. Army. Okay. Okay. He has a girlfriend in the Ukraine. That's not important now. But he spent the weekend doing a historical reenactment, mm-hmm. right? Running around as a Nazi, or a Luftwaffe, actually, which is not really a Nazi, but still, you know, a World War II German right. person. Right. Didn't you say that he had Jewish family as well? Yes, yes. It's very yeah. interesting. Uh, it's very strange, actually, not interesting, mm-hmm. but just weird. <laughs> so, you know, people that. Um, so Deuce covers that. So, you know, this is what I was right. getting to is that one of the neat things about the podcast is when we do find ourselves like, well, here's something I don't know anything about. We get to invite people on the do know. About yes. It. Um, so we invited. So Deuce is going to tell us some about that, about how he got started and all that and some great places to shop as well. Oh, yeah. He had some great places to shop. So, of course, our listeners that are listening on Thursday and the military (laughs) costume theme is Friday. Friday. You're not going to be too happy with us posting these links now (laughs) because it's kind of too late. But maybe they'll come in handy later. Mm -hmm. So, But it is kind of interesting because while we're talking to Deuce, because we don't know a lot about it, I know I went, oh, more than once because things just kind of clicked and I really really liked his perspective on a uh-huh. lot of things. So it's really interesting um, when you think of uniform play, and my, and that's one of the things that I brought. Up. Most of the people talk about, well, you know, I got this World War II replica uniform or World War One replica mm-hmm. uniform, you know, and the one that caught my eye and becoming all the way in a big old circle all the way back to the Star Wars Uncut mm-hmm. is the Imperial. Subcommander uniform, mm-hmm. which somebody point you know I, I mentioned that the other day talking to some people and and somebody pointed out oh you mean the one that looks like a Nazi uniform I said don't move. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dawn, as you know, this upcoming uh, Winter Wickedness event <laughs> is going to have some uniform theme to it. It is. It's supposed to be like a military uniform theme. So. It is indeed. And that's something that I certainly don't know anything about. But fortunately for us, we have Deuce on the call with us tonight. And he is, I've heard, quite knowledgeable about the uniform play. Deuce, Ooh. thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> hey, glad to be here. So, is that true? You are... Uh, knowledgeable about the uniform play, and how did you get started? Ah, oh. <laughs> knowledgeable? Yeah, it depends on what you consider knowledgeable. Into it? Yes, that's definitely where I go. Um, uh, how did I get into it? I mean, how many people haven't had their hearts stopped by someone in uniform that, you know, it's just like, wow, that's incredibly hot. And it could be a guy, it could be a girl, doesn't matter. It's the uniform itself. So... That's how I got into it, just being attracted to it and seeing where it went. Now, have you ever been in a situation where you were expected to wear a uniform? As in, like, work-related? Yeah, or military or oh, something Definitely like not. Definitely not. I'm way too much of a pain in the ass for the military. <laughs> I, I have an authority. This is very funny, having been, a, you know, started at the bottom of the scale, so to speak, in this culture. And... Um, Working my way up to where I'm at now, I have a huge problem with authority. Always have. <laughs> so, 
Now, do you have a favorite type of uniform either to wear or to see somebody else in? Oh, yeah, the great button pusher. Anything from um, Reich era Germany. Anything from the Nazi era. Come on. If you look at the uniform, it really proves the theorem. Um, How shall I say? The more oppressive the regime, the hotter the uniforms. (laughs) Um, If you want to go low budget... From there, uh, the old East German uniforms are basically the same thing as the Reich era uniforms, except for they were done in grays and greens. Oh. Um, actually, the Volkspolizei, their police division, um, actually did a summer white uniform, which is incredibly hot. Um, and if you really want to go slumming and can't can deal with the fact that they don't melt or match the um, boots and the belt on their uniforms. It's a nice look. They have a tendency to do brown belts and then black boots. And me being <laughs> as faggy daddy as I am, uh, <laughs> definitely not a thing I can do. It drives me nuts all the hell. <laughs> now, when you do, when you see someone else wearing a uniform, I mean, is the uniform, I don't know if you call it uniform play or the uniform subculture, are they pretty, I don't know, uptight? If you see somebody wearing a, half-assed uniform with the wrong color belt and boots to people like, oh, geez, look at this player. Um, there's a bunch of people like that, but also you have to look at it as into who the person is. I've got a friend here in Richmond who likes to do uniform, and he's actually got a Luftwaffe uniform that he works on gradually over time, but he's also, you know, this stretch-lobed, tattooed, very goth kid, and he tweaks it in kind of that same manner to where it's almost like um, something you would see in, you know, with artistic license, shall we say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me, I'm kind of a purist. Um, If I get the uniform, I have to get the boots. I have to get the shirt. I have to get the tie. I have to get the socks. I have to get the (laughs) underwear. You know, the whole routine (laughs) where I'm uniformed from head to toe realistically, with what they were issued. Wow. It's it's, it's basically a very interesting version of OCD. (laughs) I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you dress, is the uniform, is it simply for the the standard model value, or is there a mindset that goes with it? Oh, depending on the uniform I'm wearing, uh, definitely changes my where my brain's at. If I'm wearing my um, Grenztruppen, my East German Border Guard, which is basically the old um, Wehrmacht uniform from World War II, except, like I said, done in grays and greens, completely different mindset than if I'm wearing my Soviet rocket artillery major. Um, (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, am I looking great in greens and grays, or am I in evergreen teal with red piping and gold? You know, it's gaudy or very uniform, very service-oriented. Mm-hmm. Nice. So flashy peacock or I'm on duty, you know, one or the other. So so that that idea kind of makes me want to ask another question about the Nazi uniforms, mm-hmm. though. So, but I, I'm not sure I know how to ask it. You know, if it changes the mindset cool. and you wear, like, the Nazi uniform, I mean, some people have an issue with just the uniform, oh, per se. Yeah. But, um, but now you've got the mindset with it. I, I mean, like I said, I don't know what question to ask. How does that affect you? How does, what kind of reaction do you get from people? Oh, I, well, one, um, I don't know if you've ever seen what I look like, 
bald, heavily tattooed, heavily pierced. If I'm in a flight jacket and boots, people for years used to mistake me for a skinhead, and I'm the farthest thing from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd probably, if the Nazis were in power, I'd probably be one of the first people they put up against the wall and shot. I mean, I'm, you know, I consider myself the faggy daddy. I'm this heavily pierced, tattooed, slightly effeminate. Um, I can. You know, very fashion-oriented, which automatically makes people think gay. Um, (laughs) Guy that will tell you exactly what he thinks at any given time. So I'd be the guy that'd be shot first, most likely. And I'd live, you know, a subcultural lifestyle. Right. But you put a Nazi uniform, especially my favorite, which, you know, makes people really question things when I I have it. the SS Panzer Division, all the Nazi uniforms, if you notice, have piping on them. Mm-hmm. The piping on those uniforms is almost like flagging to a certain extent. It tells you what service branch they are in. Oh. The SS Panzer Divisions had black uniforms with hot pink piping. Which is probably one of the funniest damn things for a unit that was <laughs> so feared. Right. The only thing that would be funnier is if they did it in rainbow. <laughs> But um, it, it, the shock value of it really gets people of those uniforms. Um, however, with my lifestyle, how I look, and the fact that I've been known to date guys also, mm-hmm. and the fact that I've got Jews in my family, even though I, I come from a German Jew family in essence, um, I'm really taking away, the, in my mind, their power of emblem. Because that was very, you know, you throw a swastika up, or you throw the Reich Eagle up, or the Totenkampf. Any of those emblems that are so synonymous with the, you know, German army of that era, I'm taking away the power from it because I'm almost making a mockery of it by wearing it. However, the actions that that some people have um, to just how stern and strict and all that, it very much follows, you know, almost cultural dominating if you look at the uniform itself by the reactions people have. Mm -hmm. And that's some of the basis, in my opinion, where uniform play and uniform fetishes really come into play. Oh, because it creates a reaction out of other people. Exactly. Think of how... um, traditional leather boys look and mm-hmm. all that. That really creates a, a, def, a, how shall I say, a very specific reaction in the gay community. Right. If we didn't get that reaction out of it, we would never dress that way. Why bother? <laughs> to a certain extent. You know, there'd be you know, a few of us you know, that would do it just to snub our nose at everybody. Um, but it's that, you know, that visceral reaction that you get out of the reactions. It's awesome. I'm, yeah, I've got things like rolling in my head right now where I'm actually understanding this a little yeah, bit more. I, so. I just got my first aha moment over what you're saying about wearing a, like a Nazi uniform and, and disempowering it from what it was. And re, um, that's pretty neat. Do, do you ever wear modern military um, my, well, my East German border guard, um, fairly modern. My Soviet rocket artillery is, you know, you know, we're looking still in the modern era, even though those are defunct units, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to anything that is current issue, no. Um, 
most of the stuff, and I hate to say this since we live in America, the American uniforms, yawn. Completely boring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have the flair. It doesn't have the edge. But then again, I would also be the guy walking around in full Napoleonic if I could get away with it. <laughs> there's, you know, there's just something about the European flair when it comes to the uniforms. Though, if you want to get kind of technical, I do have a black leather sailor boy outfit. Which is absolutely hysterical because it's the thirteen sailor boy. Yeah, I know. It's just I bought it on a whim because it was just so funny. It even comes with came with the little black leather hat, the little white hat, nice black leather, so it's even funnier. I'd love that. Like I said, we have an event this weekend where we're supposed to be wearing uniforms, and yeah, you could you could see yourself wearing that. Okay, yeah, the little yeah, yeah. some of it, you know, some of it you go like. um... Oh, what was it? It was the... What's the name of the unit? Uh, it's the Soviet Ministry of Extreme Situations or something like that. It's basically one of their rapid response anti-terrorist teams. Mm-hmm. They were camouflage. Red, black, gray, and off-white. <laughs> what, what, where does that camouflage you at? Exactly. <laughs> that's, and that, that also, you know, that's just so funny to see. It makes it even funnier to own. Huh. Well, I'm still trying to figure out where you can wear purple camouflage at, because I just came across purple camouflage yesterday. Uh-huh. I, I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, my, I think my ex-wife has pink team Realtree in her closet. <laughs> which is very funny in its own right, considering she's a pink freak, and there's no way in hell I would see her hunting. <laughs> <laughs> where, do you, where do you wear uniforms at? Um, hell, I've worn them to my local club many times. And are you talking about leather clubs? No, I'm talking, well, leather clubs, but also the club I hang out the most um, here in Richmond is Fallout, which is actually kind of a fetishy, industrial, goth type okay. of okay. okay. And I will be in the middle of all these goth kids, and I will have um, a uniform on. No problem. Okay. Either that or I look like a traditional leather boy. It's one or the other. What about like kink events or BDSM events, that kind of thing? I, because of the, um, how shall I say, the mess that can be involved in those kind of events, mm-hmm. I tend to stay in more of a traditional leather boy type look as opposed to wearing um, my good uniforms that are really a pain in the butt to try and replace. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. especially if you're looking at a unit that is no longer in existence. Uh huh. Finding it, not easy. That's what we want to ask. Finding it in your size, harder. Mm-hmm. Having it tailored to your size, expensive. Yeah, I can so, see that. So, kind of pick and choose as to where you wear these two. So, now, do you actually use the uniforms in, like, kink play, like, uh, interrogations or anything like that? Or Yeah, is- I mean, there's no reason not to. I mean, if that's where the scene is going, go for it. <laughs> You know, um, if, you know, come on. <laughs> now, granted, I don't know how often a Soviet rocket artillery, you know, <laughs> be doing interrogation, but, you know, the poor schmuck tied to the chair doesn't know what that uniform really is. Exactly. Maybe it's espionage, espionage, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I've stolen corporate know, secrets. You, you work with their preconceptions of a uniform once again. Right. It's a uniform type issue. Um their preconceived notions are going to play with their head more than anything else. So if they think it's KGB, guess what? It just became KGB. Mm-hmm. 
So and it's ugly enough to have been KGB. Trust me. <laughs> so where do you go? Where do you where, So let's say I'm listening to this and I'm like, whoa, this sounds fantastic. I totally see myself um, in a Africa Corps uniform. Uh-huh. What now? What do I do? Where do I go find these uniforms? Do you shop uh, online, or can you get them on at events, or what do you do next? Well, that depends on if you want to go cheap or if you want to go one hundred percent accurate. Let's start with cheap. Okay. Um, there, God, I'm trying to remember the name of the site. Um, there's a couple of companies out there that do what they call theatrical grade. Right. Which means they're they're accurate visually, but not in fabric. Okay. Um, and off the top of my head, um, that's something I would have to dig up the um, websites for. If you're going 100% accurate, Sodalt HQ, basically you can go, hmm, I want this year. I want this season of World War II. Because Nazis changed their fabrics left and right because of supply issues. So you can literally... Tailor it down to, I want 1943 in the spring, I want this unit, I want this rank, so on and so forth. And literally build yourself a uniform. I think Marshall's Baton is another one that you can do that stuff off of. Then again, if you're going to go Africa Corps, are you, are you going one of the Panzer Divisions? Are you going, you know, one of the foot soldiers? I mean, it's all a matter of where you want to go with your uniform. And of course, you know, half the people are just going to want to go generals and stuff like this for the for the bragging rights. But, you know, some of the enlisted stuff is pretty hot, too. Okay. The Panzer divisions tend to be my favorite because they get to wear these... Um, there's a particular jacket that they offered for the Panzer commanders, and they wore crushers, which were basically... Think of a standard dress hat you see the Nazis in, the black mm-hmm. one and all this... But it was distressed and smashed and broken down and all the padding taken out of it, so it compresses really oddly. It's almost like a cross between that hat and a beret. <laughs> it's very weird looking. It's kind of neat. It kind of deconstructs the uniform a little bit. Uh, you know, let me ask you a, a different question. So what's your opinion? So we've been talking about military uniforms so mm-hmm. far. What about not military uniforms? What about... Um, like a, an Imperial sub-commander from Star Wars, or... You mean like 501st um, Vader's Fist type stuff? I didn't know they were called that, but yes. <laughs> well, no, there's a group um, that's worldwide called the 501st, and um, they're online. And what it is, they do accurate Star Wars uniforms. Nice. Everything from Imperials to clones to the bike troopers and the snow troopers <laughs> and the TIE fighters and all that stuff. And their stuff is just gorgeous. Wow. I actually know a guy here in town who actually has a stormtrooper uniform that I can barely fit in. He's a little bit taller than I am, so there's a little bit of chafing in a few places. <laughs> but he has the internal mic in the helmet, too. Cool. <laughs> so, that, that when they're when you've heard them talking, yeah. right next to um, right there on Tatooine, you actually get that voice coming out of the helmet too. Nice, yeah. awesome stuff. That that just ups my geek quotient beyond words. <laughs> what a fetish! An expensive yeah. fetish. 
Stormtrooper uniforms are pricey. So, yeah. Is it a fetish? Do you consider this your fetish? Oh, yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Um, The difference between seeing, oh, wow, cute person. Oh, wow, incredibly hot when it comes to someone wearing a uniform instead. Yeah, I consider it a fetish. Okay. Very much so. Um, I can see the same person and view them in two completely different ways and find them much more attractive in said uniform. Cool. I'm so, actually trying to get my um, girlfriend to get an Imperial Japanese. That would be uniform nice. because then we could be the you know we could be the access house. <laughs> so one more question for you, if you don't mind. Uh huh. Um, let's see. Out of all the uniforms that there are, what would be your dream uniform to put together? If, oh, ooh. If money was no option. Or object. No or option. object. No object. No object. Money was no object. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong word. <laughs> we fully are aware of money is no option. We've got that. <laughs> yeah. um, hmm. Ooh, that's a... I would honestly have to say a Napole- Napoleonic era grenadier. Okay. okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, maybe cavalry because if I could have the horse also, they have a tendency <laughs> to do jaguar skin saddle blankets on their horses. Wow. Which is incredibly a cool concept. Nice. You get the big hat, too. The big hat. Oh, of course. Now, the only thing that I might be able to picture as this uniform is, if you're familiar with the movie Time Bandits, I remember these Mm -hmm. Napoleonic general (laughs) uniforms. I don't know if that's them or not. You mean with all the braiding? Yeah, the gold braiding. Of course, you know, vomitous. (laughs) <laughs> that also if you go and look at um what is it the duelist the duel- uh, movie harvey Keitel and the carradine that didn't hang himself jacking off um <laughs> david carradine um incredible movie um napoleonic era all that stuff, and it follows them through like 20 years, and you get to see 20 years of the, of the various uniforms. Nice. All the way from, you know, stuff they had to do at the Russian front all the way down. Wow. Okay. Very cool. That's a lot of info. I think I think uh, Master Dan's going to go uniform shopping. <laughs> it all depends on the uniform. Um, yes. If you're really wanting to poke around uniforms um, worldwide, worldmilitaria.com. Worldmilitaria.com. I think that might be hyphenated between the two words. Okay. Uh, but it, it breaks it down via countries, and you can come across some really awesome stuff in there. And, you know, it's a good source for just finding out what the uniform is supposed to look like. And eBay is a godsend for people that want to do uniforms. Okay. Once you, once you know your sizing... You, um, especially if you're doing European uniforms, uh. you, can, you can find everything on there. Sweet. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know somebody that's going shopping. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, thank you, sir, for uh, chatting with us today. I absolutely have some wonderful ideas. And I tell you, I got a big aha moment out of the way you described the uh, wearing the Nazi uniform. That's actually kind of been one of those things that I've been pretty squeamish about. So uh, I got something out of that personally. That's always good. Mm-hmm. You're not walking around with a big red skull with your 
Nazi uniform, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem. Cool. I just <laughs> yeah, I get a shield to the head. If you yeah. Do that. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Anytime. Want to have your product, event, charity, or service as the first thing listeners hear about on our podcast? Make a donation to the podcast for a 10-second front bump on our show that reaches listeners around the world. What a bargain. Contact us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. Did you know you could buy the highly acclaimed books Living MS and Sex Stories and Power Exchange by Dan and Dawn? Or support the podcast by buying an Erotic Awakening t-shirt, messenger bag, or coffee mug? All items can be found by simply visiting the shop and support page of the Erotic Awakening websites. Any dollar and 20 cents we make from anything on the site goes directly back into the continuing educational mission of Erotic Awakening. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs>